The hour to which the podcast adjourned having arrived, the podcast is now in order. Let's gavel in for this week's State House Takeout with the reporters on top of Beacon Hill at the State House News Service. Here's Sam Doran. Major League Baseball responded to COVID-19 with an abbreviated but exhilarating 60-game season. COVID-19 has had everyone adjusting their calendars this year. Just ask the legislature. House Ways and Means Chairman Aaron Michaelowitz offered the condensed MLB season as an analogy for an upcoming condensed budget process. He's this week's guest on the State House Takeout. Chairman Michaelowitz talks us through the status of state finances, the supplemental budget closing out fiscal 2020, and looking ahead to the much-anticipated fiscal 2021 budget, including a couple mile-marker dates on the calendar for October. He joins us in a conversation with Colin Young of the Statehouse News Service. Well, thanks very much for joining us, Chairman. Uh, we appreciate your time. You know, this is a, a really busy uh, time of year and a really busy year for you. Uh, preparing for this, I was just thinking of, of what a difference a year makes, where a year ago you were dealing with a budget surplus, uh, and the issue was how are we going to spend down this surplus? Do we put what amount into the reserves? Uh, and this year you're pretty much in the exact opposite position, trying to figure out how to uh, make up a shortfall. Uh, in in revenue. Uh, so your committee, the Ways and Means Committee, has a lot before it, but as of today, you now have the governor's fiscal year 2020 closeout budget before your committee. Uh, the governor said that budget would plug a $693 million revenue gap without tapping into the $3.5 billion rainy day fund. Uh, now that you have that more complete picture of the shortfall, what do you make of FY20, and is the governor's approach in his supplemental budget a sound one? Well, Colin, thank you first for uh, having me here tonight uh, or today, uh, and I appreciate it. It's uh, it's a good opportunity to to talk about some of these issues. And uh, yes, uh, this is uh, a lot different than last year. Uh, you know, when I got appointed Ways and Means about eighteen months ago, you know, it was a uh, it was such an honor and such a, a tremendous uh, a moment, and uh, you know economy was buzzing and moving along. And then so decisions were really, how are we spending the money? Uh, you know, and how, what, or what agencies, what, where are we appropriating it? Uh, and now it's a completely different conversation about how are we you know, going to survive, uh, you know, financially, uh, fiscally as a, as a Commonwealth, uh, you know, those are completely different conversations. It's like night and day, uh, uh, and, uh, you know, so we've had that, we've had to put on different, uh, different thought processes throughout the, uh, you know, throughout this, uh, short, uh, time period I've been as chair of ways and means. Uh, and so, yeah, it's, 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 uh, something, something that we've, uh, we've been monitoring. We've been working with, uh, the administration, uh, obviously with our colleagues over at the Senate, uh, to, uh, you know, as, as once this uh, virus hit and things started to, uh, evolve into a different direction. Uh, you know, the first the first concern was how do you how do we survive and and get through the remainder of FY20. And uh, you know, the 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 virus has been devastating to so many communities and so many so many sectors of our economy and and so many people. Uh, but the timing of the virus was also just as devastating because it was a strange time for us to be 
you know, scrapping everything that we t- tr- traditionally would be doing. You know, March is traditionally when we're starting to write the F, the next year's fiscal year budget, mm-hmm. uh, at least from the House side. And then obviously the Senate the next month after that. And, uh, you know, completely strap, uh, scrapping that and moving into a different direction of really just trying to manage the rest of the fiscal year uh, was, was, was certainly challenging. And, you know, the governor's close out uh, a budget that he's filed. I mean, we haven't we haven't taken a full uh, vetting of it yet, uh, just because uh, we obviously were, we were in conversations. But a lot of these things were things that we had discussed on how to manage the process throughout uh, those those the end of that fiscal year. Um, and that's why, I mean, we did, we did the revenue, revenue anticipated notes, uh, legislation to protect ourselves in case we needed to dip into something of that nature because of the income tax being, uh, moved off of, uh, April 15th over to July 15th into the next fiscal year. Uh, I think a lot of this stuff is cleanup of, uh, of those decisions and, you know, through this, through this closeout supplemental budget, but certainly we'll have to take a look at it and, uh, and make sure that. Uh, you know, it's fiscally sound, uh, you know, in terms of in terms of how we can just close those books and move forward. And, and do you think that uh, the way the governor proposes to close uh, FY20 without touching the stabilization fund uh, is the best way to go? I know that those uh, those reserves might be needed maybe in FY21, even FY22. Um, do you think that's the best approach for FY20 is to to leave the rainy day fund as it is and and try to fill the gap other ways. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that was something that we we felt was uh, the necessary approach because of just the dramatic impact that we were going to see in FY21, uh, potentially in FY22, and even beyond. And so, uh, you know, touching the rainy day fund is something that we want to be very clear is 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 one of the last resorts that we want to 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 do and so uh if we can get through fy20 without touching it and i think the governor you know you know has accomplished that with with what he's filing here uh you know i think that that's what the direction we'll want to take as well um but again have to just take a final look at it to make sure that you know that that we we think it's fiscally sound definitely um and and because this issue's uh probably going to be with us for like we said through or through the close of fy20 through FY21 and possibly FY22 and beyond, what's your general philosophy on on um, on uh, using reserves versus raising new revenue um, versus borrowing? Where do you come down? And in, in, um, is your philosophy one where you would rather sort of lean on one of those strategies or uh, sort of spread it around a little bit more? So, I mean, I, I would say that the the philosophy that we want to take is going to be something that we that we uh, craft in in conversations with the membership. Uh, you know, this is uh, there are only a hand a handful of places you can go uh, to uh, you know to to get through this difficult uh, process that we're about to go through um, without any federal funding, uh, and that's another conversation, mm-hmm. but, uh, I'm sure we're going to talk about that, but the, uh, but without any federal funding, I mean, there is only, there's only a handful of places we can go. Uh, you know, borrowing is, is, is one of them. Uh, uh, you know, cuts is another, um, you know, raising new revenue is another, and then obviously the rainy day fund and the discussion of the reserves and how to attack that is, is, is another. And so these decisions that we make are going to be very important. Um, you know, to look at it, not just from a, how do we get through fiscal 21, but how do we get through, you know, the next couple of years? Because traditionally, as we've seen when revenues dip and, uh, and each, you know, recession is, is 
is different unto itself. Uh, but whenever we see revenues take a significant dip, uh, it takes a couple of years for them to to eventually get back to where they were. Uh, I, I, I foresee that that is going to be the situation that we face here. Uh, and so all these conversations are going to be uh, continuing rolling through not just fiscal 21, but into fiscal 22. Uh, and a lot of that, you know, that philosophy is going to be developed through conversations with the membership uh, and making sure that, uh, you know, as we've done in the past, making sure that, you know, that, that we try to build consensus on, on, a, on, a, on a direction to take. Uh, but I think we have to put all those options on the table. Uh, for those conversations, you know, we've looked at we've looked at what other recessions, how we've how we've managed other recessions in the past, and you know, the rainy day fund is is one that has been used uh, in the past to to uh, to offset you know the revenue shortfall. Uh, but we've been, uh, if you look back at the FY02, FY03 recession, and or the FY09, FY10 recession, uh, you'll see, uh, you know, a certain percentage of the rainy day fund was managed. Uh, the, the first year was, or, or I'm sorry, or a certain percentage of the rainy day fund was was taken from, uh, but it was it was it was managed very carefully, so we didn't leave ourselves uh, exposed uh, too too dramatically in, in future years. The first year is probably the most dramatic in terms of how much you take out, uh, but you have to make sure that you're keeping things, you know, in, in, you know, fiscally sound and keeping yourself open to, to be able to make decisions uh, appropriately the next fiscal year. Uh, and uh, like I, like I was saying, like in FY02, you know, we took out 50% of the rainy day fund uh, to fill out that gap the first year. Uh, in FY09, we, we took out 60%. Uh, you know, you look at those numbers versus what we have currently today. Uh, you know, that's you know that's that's the numbers kind of that we're looking at to start with. That in terms of starting the conversation, I believe. Okay. So that's a it's a great point that you're, you're sort of looking back at how the state has managed through some somewhat similar situations um, and, and using that as a guide. Uh, aside from just the the rainy day fund, are there other th- uh, lessons that you've been been drawing from those past recessions and the legislative and, and overall state response to those? Yeah, I mean, it, it's, you know, the every, like I said, every recession has its, uh, you know, has its uh, intricacies and, and differences. And this one is, is unique to its, to anything we've ever confronted before in the past. Uh, so, you know, it's hard to just take a playbook and, and, and map it out. Uh, I think you can look, you can take lessons and learn lessons from each of those from each of those uh, experiences, and I do think that uh, you know what what cut, what what type of cuts uh, were made in the past, I think, are being looked at. And but what was the real impact of it long term? And I think you know you know having having dealt with uh, having been a legislator now for eleven years and having uh, worked in the building for you know a little longer than that, uh, you know I've I've always heard the discussion points about uh, you know what type of impacts did did uh, did these types of cuts have you know for from beyond just when the recession was taking place and beyond it i think that that's stuff that we have to we have to take a look at and and uh, and visualize and and try to be uh you know be careful with because it's uh you don't want to be uh, cutting something that's going to have uh you know impacts well beyond uh, we get through this right right certainly uh and just to sort of wrap up on the fy20 closeout uh process uh once your committee has a chance to fully vet uh, what the governor filed on Wednesday. Uh, how do you see that playing out? And when do you think we might uh, actually have FY20 sort of over and done with? You know, I'd, I'd hope we, we can get it done as quickly as possible. I actually had a conversation uh, with my counterpart, uh, Senator Rodericks, this morning uh, a little bit about it. Uh, again, 
you know, just having it filed uh, with everything else going on, my staff hasn't been able to get a, uh, you know, uh, get a full vetting of it. I haven't had uh, be able to get a full vetting of it at, at, at this time. So it's still a little early to, uh, to give you a prognostication and exactly when, but certainly it's something that we are, you know, want to see done quickly because we got bigger, I don't want to say bigger, but maybe, but we got a lot of fish to fry, yeah. uh, you know, in, in, in the coming weeks here. So like trying to get this done as quickly as possible would be beneficial to everyone. And one of those uh, fish is the FY21 budget, uh, which, of course, you're going to hear that, that, from. That is, that, is, that is a bigger fish. Uh, that is, that is the big fish at the moment. Yeah, no that's doubt about fish, it. Right. That's the big one. It's, it, maybe it's on the line. I don't know. Maybe, you're, maybe that's about where we are. <laughs> you got the big fish on the line and working on reeling it in now. Um, but, but what's your plan for, for FY21? You're going to hear uh, next Wednesday from a, a whole slew of experts about where things stand, uh, we're sort of roughly at the quarter pole of the of the fiscal year. Um, how do you see an FY21 budget or a budget for the rest of FY21 uh, materializing? Uh, do you expect that the governor's going to come back with a new proposal, or is your committee, which has the proposal, the pre-pandemic proposal, um, going to craft something new and, and just use that as a vehicle? I mean, it's 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 a it's a great question, and it's uh, something that I think we're all trying to have conversations with uh, with our counterparts in the Senate and ANF, uh, the governor, the speaker, the Senate president. Uh, we've all been talking about you know this this, this discussion about when uh, we would uh, you know execute the uh, the final budget, and uh, you know I think we you know it was appropriate to, to do the steps that we took about trying to do a temporary budget uh you know through at, at a minimum october uh at least not getting to doing something on july 1st i i think we didn't have a uh, we didn't have a full sense of what type of economy we were going to have uh, as the uh, as the uh, as we tried to reopen the economy from from the pandemic and uh and then also obviously the the discussion about federal uh, money potentially coming uh, to the state uh, that has not come to fruition as of October 1st. And so I think we, uh, uh, you know, have to uh, start, you know, uh, preparing for the worst, but hoping for the best still that, that that may, you know, come to fruition at some point. We, even even if it's beyond the election, even if it's beyond when we do the budget, uh, you know, we may do the budget and then may see something uh, come to fruition after, after you know, the, the new calendar year. Uh, so that's, you know, these are things that we're still, you know, we're still considering. Uh, but in terms of where we are right now, you know, uh, next Wednesday will be the economic uh, roundtable or summit, or we've, we all had different terms for it. Uh, and uh, it has been helpful uh, when we did it in April to get a sense of where we were, uh, getting listening to a lot of uh, different economists and different, uh, you know, folks that, that handle this, uh, you know, have good perspective of historical perspective, which I think is some of the things that I was pointing to. But, uh, you know, to be perfectly honest with you, and I think I, I don't want to I don't want to uh, downplay anything that they that they told us in April. But I, I think a lot of us were you know, relatively not sure about even though we were saying things that I, I don't necessarily sure we were being, uh, uh, you know, completely 100 percent certain in our accuracy because of just the the, uh, the inexperience we had with dealing with a global pandemic and the economic fallout of that. Uh, I'm hopeful that October uh, 7th will will provide us a little more substantial uh, uh, you know, the depiction or forecast in terms of where, where we're going to go. And, uh, you know, at that point in time, then the governor has, uh, by, uh, by statute, he has to, uh, you know, uh, reassess the, the revenue number, uh, uh, by October 15th. And so I think that'll be, 
you know, a good framework of, of, of really kickstarting the, uh, the budget process and, and, and getting it moving. Uh, you know, I've already started to, uh, you know, schedule member meetings. Uh, we can't do them individually like we typically would do. Uh, but we're going to be trying to do them in, uh, you know, over zoom and, and, and try to get, get a perspective from the membership. Uh, traditionally we would be doing that in March and we'd be running through individual meetings consistently throughout March, but, uh, we're going to have to do it a, a little bit of a, of a condensed version. I, I really, I, I, I've compared this to the, uh, the new, the, the baseball season we just had, which was the 60 game season. They, they, right. they played the full season of, of, of baseball in 60 games, uh, and, uh, and, you know, tried to, you know, press fast forward to get it done. And I think that's what we're going to try to do. But in terms of, uh, in, in a def- definitive timeline, I think it's still a little too early to, to, to give you that. But that October 15th date uh, sounds like a, a pretty good um, sort of mile marker that uh, you expect by that date. We'll know a little bit more from the executive branch in terms of what they're expecting for FY21 revenues. Yeah, I think. And and, and we've been talking again, we've been talking with them mm-hmm. uh, about this. But, you know, you, you still have to still, still see the September numbers. Uh, July and August were a little bit better than I think people thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm hopeful that that continues uh, into September, which will uh, give us a you know a good assessment to kind of to kind of base uh, uh, what our future revenue projections could be uh, for the remainder of the fiscal year. You mentioned the uh, July and August revenues, and that was one of the things I wanted to hit on uh, with you, which is that through just two months of the fiscal year, so admittedly not a not a great um, uh, amount of time there, uh, but tax collections are running 124 million ahead of last year's pace. Uh, am I wrong to look at that as a promising sign? I mean, that that seems to be good news um, when you know the unemployment rate is high and, um, and everything that's going on with the economy. Am I wrong to get sort of optimistic about that that number? It, it, it's certainly good news. Uh, uh, in particular, because we've had such bad news over, over the you know the the previous couple of months, uh, so you know any time any any glimmer of hope, I think we are we are running with and and, and being hopeful with, uh, but I think it's still early to to be definitive in saying that this is a a trend of uh, of positive things to come. I think there was a a a you know to some degree a built a, a pent up. Uh, or built up pressure in terms of trying wanting to spend some money since people hadn't spent much money over the uh, the previous couple of months. Uh, whether that is you know with restaurants reopening and uh, and and you know the economy kind of moving a little bit forward. Uh, I think uh, you know the unemployment uh, insurance component has been very helpful uh, in keeping some of those some of those withholding numbers uh, strong, uh, stronger than I think people would would have imagined originally. Uh, but I do think that that doesn't necessarily. 100% definitive of where we're going to go. And I think there's still a little bit more uh, time that needs to be played out. And like I said, September will be another stepping stone towards understanding uh, where we are in, in, a, in a more accurate way. Right. And, and we should have those um, September revenues uh, by the time you have the uh, roundtable on Wednesday. So there'll be a, a little yes. bit of a, a, a clearer picture of exactly where things stand. Um, yeah. But but right, the, the point of, of sort of being cautiously optimistic about that is a good one, because we've heard estimates for the FY21 shortfall. Um, the, the Center for State Policy Analysis at Tufts says about $1.6 billion. Um, uh, your Ways and Means co-chair, uh, Senator Rodrigues, has, has said he's expecting a, about a $5 billion drop uh, in revenues. 
So if those estimates are to come to pass, and we're right now two months in, 124 ahead of last year, how, when and how does the bottom drop out? And, and um, what are you expecting for the contours of, of this fiscal year? I mean, you know, there's the, there's a number of folks that have that have thrown numbers out, and I think some of it is, you know, there's nuances to it. Like, uh, in essence, you know, some of the some of those 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 numbers we're talking about, or some of those shortfalls could be on budget uh, shortfalls versus off budget uh, things that we don't have, you know, you know, annual allocation authority uh, to do capital gains, uh, things of that nature. Uh, there might be shortfalls in there, but it might add up to a certain number that that. Uh, you know, that may be higher than what people uh, are, are saying. I, I'm not, you know, I think we're still trying to, uh, you know, figure that clearly out. Um, so I don't, I, I mean, I, I don't want to be specific in terms of what that number, you know, could be or would be, but it is, uh, you know, there are uh, concerns about uh, when you're talking about what types of numbers we have on allocation side of it. I mean, th those are significant. I mean, if, if it gets to anywhere in that range, those are significant, uh, you know, drop off that's a significant drop off for us to, to uh, for us to manage and so it is gonna you know there is gonna be some major impact there uh, uh to some degree and i think that once again it's gonna be uh, how we manage that is gonna be determined by the, the conversation we have with our colleagues uh, uh i think everyone's gonna have a different uh, perspective on this and that's that's gonna be healthy for us to try to get a better a, a better result at the end of the day uh and, and i think uh one of the um um sort of footnotes to one of those numbers. I mentioned Senator Rodriguez has said uh, he's expecting a $5 billion drop. I believe he said that he's sort of planning for that in the event that there is no federal, no additional federal aid forthcoming. Um, so he's sort of looking at it saying, you know, if we're not going to get any more help from Washington, let's plan for uh, around $5 billion. But, but how much is that uncertainty from Washington uh, hampering not just your committee, but but the legislature's committee, uh, the legislature's ability rather um, to really get its arms around the the budget picture at this point. I mean, it's certainly been frustrating. Uh, you know, I wasn't of the mindset that we were going to see anything before Labor Day, anyways. Uh, I just didn't buy into the idea uh, that that Washington was going to be able to do that before uh, before we got through the summer. Uh, you know, now we're into October and I think it's, uh, you know, a little, it's getting a little more nerve wracking uh, related to it, but I, you know, it, it's definitely had some hampering of our, of our process. And, and, and at some point we, we will have to, you know, cut the cord and make a decision uh, about uh, how to proceed uh, with or without it. And uh, you know, I mean, I think, like I said earlier, I think we're going to, we're going to, uh, you know, prepare for the worst, meaning not getting it, uh, but hope for the best that eventually we do. Uh, you know, I know that our, our delegation uh, in Congress has worked very hard and been very on top of this uh, and is very is very adamant that we do need, uh, you know, help from the federal government. You know, I, the, as the phrase goes, they can print money. Uh, we cannot here in the state. We have to pass a balanced budget. Uh, so uh, they should have the uh, and, and when it comes to Massachusetts, you know, we are one of these states that puts into the federal economy then uh, more much more than we take out of it. Uh, and I think that that needs that needs recognition recognition when we're dealing with uh, this type of shortfall and looking for help from the federal economy. I mean, it, I mean, if we want to, they want us to continue to be a good client uh, towards providing uh, good tax revenue. 
you know, they need to help us out while we're in the middle, in the midst of this, uh, you know, unforeseen uh, catastrophe that we're that we're facing. And I know there's a lot of other states that have similar aspects to it and similar uh, discussions. And unfortunately, you know, this has turned into a red state, blue state conversation, I think, driven by by the president himself. Uh, and it shouldn't be that way. It should be more about how do we how do we, you know, get this get our economy back moving. And part of that is 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 helping out, uh, you know, states with dealing with the financial fallout from this. Uh, so in the midst of all this uncertainty that's really been with us for months uh, uh, now, um, your your Ways and Means co-chair, uh, Senator Rodriguez, has said that that his goal is to get a budget through the legislature onto the governor's desk uh, by the end of this month, by the end of October, when or or roughly when the um, temporary budget is is set to expire. Uh, is that a goal that you share and that the House shares? And do you think that's realistic? So I don't want to I don't want to set any uh, definitive goals on that uh, to set us up for to, to us not get it done in that time period. I think that we would, uh, uh, you know, let the process play itself out. I think that we have two pieces there, October 7th, the, the roundtable and then October 15th. Uh, the the reconfiguration of the revenue uh, numbers uh, to 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 as starting points and uh, and we're we're working hard uh, to try to get it done as quickly as we possibly can. Uh, but you know I, I don't want to place arbitrary uh, uh, you know timetables on it because I think for us this is these are going to be difficult decisions and I'd want to make sure we get them right um, or as right as possible. And uh, and 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 if that means we get it done by October 31st, then that's great. But if if we don't, then uh, I think uh, we'll we'll have to uh, you know consider other options. And one other thing that you mentioned, I, I just want to hit on real quickly, uh, which is the idea that, uh, or, or the the notion that there's a possibility out there where um, Congress right now doesn't get another uh, stimulus bill done, but after the November election, after the January inauguration. Who knows what happens with the U.S. Senate? Uh, that still in FY21, sometime next year, uh, there could be additional uh, federal action, and that might be something that uh, the legislature would have to sort of manage in real time in the middle of a, a budget year. Um, is that something that you're also preparing for? Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's something we have to prepare for. Uh, I think those are two major hypotheticals you're talking there, though. Uh, the first is obviously uh, 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 Vice President Biden winning uh, on Nove in November, uh, which I think uh, you know some of us feel uh, you know uh, com not comfortable but confident that it would that it would that it could happen. Um, you know, cautiously optimistic on it, to to be honest with you. Uh, uh, the second thing is obviously the Senate, and and uh, that's a little bit harder. I think that that is a little bit of a of a more um, tougher tougher scenario. I think you know, hopefully things go the right way, but you know that's that's the that's the challenge that we face is that we can't we we just like we couldn't do it in July and August and and into September here. We we have to. You know, we have to manage in the realities that we are uh, in right now, and that that does not include a federal uh, stimulus package. Um, if it does, and and it comes at some point, maybe even later in the fiscal year, then I think we'll be able to potentially offset whatever uh, difficult decisions we've had to make, whether it be cuts or you know taking money out of the rainy day fund or other things of that nature. But right now, that's that's uh, that seems a a long way away. Uh, I know that they've had uh, continuous have meetings uh, between Pelosi and 
the Secretary of Treasury, uh, which is positive. I'm glad that they're talking. Uh, but it's still, I think, uh, still a hypothetical and not a reality. And I think we we got to live in the reality right now. Great. And I know we're running uh, running low on time here, but I wanted to get uh, into one other topic. I'll leave the budget uh, discussion there for now. Like I said, we could we could probably talk all day uh, about that. Uh, but uh, you're also a negotiator uh, on the conference committee ironing out the economic development bills that the House and Senate passed. Uh, uh, back in July, uh, th- that, those bills have now been in conference for just about two months, a little more than two months. Uh, what's the holdup there, and is that having any impact on um, other issues going on on Beacon Hill? Uh, I mean, I, I think it's it's just it's a discussion between uh, the House conferees and the Senate conferees. I can't get too much into it uh, 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 because of it's a you know. A, a, a current negotiation, but I, I I will say that you know we've we've been talking, we've been working at this. Uh, it's not something that is uh, you know that's stalled. I wouldn't c- consider it stalled or anything of that nature. Um, it's it's complicated. There there is a lot of issues in both of these bills that we we both put out uh, important uh, you know job creation and. Uh, you know, housing uh, creation and and protections. Uh, you know, there's a lot of interesting and important stuff in both of these uh, versions of of the economic development bill. And so, uh, getting through them is is not uh, you know quick and simple. Uh, and uh, I think we we are we are working hard on that simultaneously while we're dealing with the budget, at least from from our office's perspective. And uh, I know that it's uh, you know uh, Senator Lesser is the, uh, the the lead over there on the Senate side, and we've been talking consistently uh, uh, since July 31st, uh, and I think we're going to continue to do it. I, I mean, I'm, I'm again optimistic that we can get something done uh, that can present uh, you know some moving the ball forward on on job creation here in, in the Commonwealth because uh, we certainly need it with the unemployment at the at the place that it's at right now. Definitely. Do you see that? Uh, which one do you see happening first, the uh, FY21 budget or uh, the economic development bill? I, I, I would I would be foolish to give you that answer and tell you what that, what, that, what, what was the right one. Uh, it was worth a try. I appreciate it. It was a good try, but it's not. Uh, no, I mean, who? I mean, it's, it's hard. To, it's hard. To, it's hard to say. I mean, things could break tomorrow on either of them. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, it's hard to say. Definitely. Great. Well, that, that covers what I wanted to uh, to ask you about, Chairman, but I wanted to give you a chance if there's anything else um, that I may have forgotten about or if there's anything else you think our listeners should know about. No, I just I just hope everyone stays safe and uh, continue to practice social distancing. And, uh, you know, this has been trying times, uh, you know, for a lot of us, uh, you know, the, you know, in, in many different sectors, but in particularly uh, in the governmental side of things, you know, we're 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 we're, we're uh, trying new things, and some things have worked. Uh, you know, to get things things moving in the right direction, and some of them maybe haven't worked as well. And so I think uh, there's been no playbook here uh, defined on how to deal with this. But uh, I appreciate uh, all the work that everyone has been doing uh, in the state house and, of course, outside the state house right now. Excellent. Well, thanks very much for your time. We appreciate you joining us. Thank you, Colin. Statehouse Takeout is a production of the Statehouse News Service. And for a daily fix of Statehouse headlines, visit masterlist.com. Masterlist with two S's. Thanks again for listening. See you next week.